Good afternoon. Hello, hello, hello. And I am here. <laughs> I've still got the dreaded lurgy, but I'm feeling a bit better today. So uh, hopefully by tomorrow it will be on its way out and I will be feeling so much better. Um. Anyway, until then, we have chapter eight to keep us going. So chapter eight of The Horrible Chocolate is called Vintage Sewage. Well, that's about enough about me, the man said. Now tell me how you got stuck down here. Bobby told him about the bog and how he had forced him down into the sewers. He also told him about his own plan for revenge, which of course now seemed a bit puny after hearing about the old man's brilliant scheme. But since he had no plan to crawl around the bog's walls, he still believed the best way to get the bog back was to make him eat his horrible chocolate. <clears throat> I have exactly what you need, the old man said. He walked over to a wooden chest by the wall, opened the lid and pulled out a huge purple top hat. Is that? Bobby asked. It is indeed, the old man replied, the very hat that clogged up the sewers in 1924 and left me stuck down here. <coughs> he placed the hat upside down on the table in front of Bobby. This hat is filled with the most unbelievably marvellous and yet horrendously repugnant vintage sewage in the entire world. In the time it took to completely clog up the city's sewers, every tonne of sewage was filtered through this hat, keeping all the nastiest and deadliest and most terrifying particles mixed inside. There is enough concentrated horror in this hat to make this whole city explode. A pinch of this in your chocolate mix will make the world's most exquisite chocolate smell absolutely wonderful. Look absolutely dazzling. And for a couple of seconds, taste absolutely delicious. But then, after chewing a few times, your stomach will turn inside out. Yes, your eyes will bulge out of your head and your nose will curl up like a piece of used chewing gum. Your body will shake so hard you'll be lucky if your arms and legs don't fall off. It will feel like you're being stung by a thousand hornets. The hairs on your head will rise up like pointy measles and fall straight off. Your fingernails will retreat into your fingers out of sheer fear of bumping into another piece of chocolate. And your beard will curl up 
like an orange net around your mouth to make sure you don't take another bite. But I don't have a beard, Bobby said. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if you grew a properly large beard a few seconds after tasting this, the man replied. That sounds absolutely incredible, Bobby said. How do you know this vintage sewage will make all those things happen? That goes without saying, the man said. An entire city's concentrated sewage stored for 97 years. You'll just have to trust me on this one. Here, take as much as you want. The man put a green glass jar with a lid on the table and gave Bobby a teaspoon. Bobby was about to stick the spoon into the hat when the man grabbed his hand. <coughs> Excuse me. Stop, he shouted. I seem to have given you a dirty spoon. You wouldn't want to use a dirty spoon on such a fine ingredient. It could ruin your chocolate. My mistake. The man skipped lightly over to a drawer and got a new spoon. Here, this one is better, the man said with a chuckle. Bobby stuck the clean spoon into the dried up, browny grey mass inside the top hat. Stop! the man shouted once again. Are you completely mad? Here, take these. The man ripped off two pieces from a head of broccoli and gave them to Bobby. He ripped off two more pieces, which he pressed firmly into his nose, one in each nostril. If we don't stuff our noses, they're probably going to fall off from the smell you release when you pull out that spoon, he said with a nasal sound. Ooh, Bobby stuffed the broccoli pieces into his nose and started digging in the hat with the shiny clean teaspoon and put two small lumps of the ancient sludge into the green jar. Come on, fill it up, the man said. Bobby kept digging out spoonfuls until the jar was full. After he put on the lid, the old man placed the top hat back in his chest and picked the broccoli pieces out of his nose. Now remember, just a tiny, tiny bit of that horrendous blend in your chocolate mixture, the man said. Otherwise, you could end up killing someone. I will remember that, Bobby said as he tucked the glass into the waistband of his suit. It was nice meeting you, the man said as he showed Bobby out of the small living room. Now just follow this tunnel straight ahead as far as it goes. There you will see a ladder you can climb up and be on your way home. Thank you, Bobby said, for the food and the glass of 1924 sewage. You're welcome, the man said. Now hurry home. You probably have some very worried parents waiting for you. Here, take this so you can see where you're going. How did you... You didn't think people had washing machines down in the sewer, the old man smiled. 
Goodbye, Bobby. Goodbye. Oh, wait, you never told me your name, Mr. Bobby said. Oh, sorry about that. I don't get much company down here. My name is Frank, Frank said, turning round and disappearing in the darkness of his tunnel. Goodbye, Frank, Bobby said as he put the clean but a bit wet wig back on his head and waved goodbye to his new friend. Then he walked into the dark tunnel. There were some rats this time crawling around in the water, but they didn't bother Bobby. Perhaps one of these little guys peering at him was Fenopper's great-great-great-grandson. He hoped so, anyway. At the end of the tunnel, Bobby found a ladder, just as the old man said. He climbed the ladder to the top and tried to push away the manhole cover over the opening. It was too heavy. No matter how hard he pushed, it just wouldn't move. Fortunately, Bobby was quite the acrobat. He turned upside down to place his back against one of the rungs and pushed the cover with his legs. Please move, he whispered as he thrust his legs into the cover. The cover still wouldn't move, but Bobby suddenly did. His back slid off the slippery rung and he somersaulted down the ladder before he managed to hook one of his legs into a rung, leaving him dangling from the ladder like a giant green caterpillar caught in a spider web. Squeak! Bobby was staring straight into the face of a squeaky cross-eyed rat staring at him probably wondering what a five-foot-long caterpillar was doing there. Squawk! The rat was flattened to the ground by something hard and green. It was the glass of sewage that had fallen out of Bobby's pants. The lid came off and rolled away in the shallow water. Oh, no, Bobby shouted, loosening his feet without thinking and landing on his face in the cold water. It didn't matter. He had to get the lid back on the jar before he took his next breath, or it could very well be his last. He got up and picked up the jar from the poor flat rat that now looked like an old worn out slipper. He rummaged frantically through the water. He was getting dizzy from holding his breath and knew that he only had a few seconds left before he would have to breathe in the lethal sewage air. He continued his desperate search for the lid, but it was nowhere to be found. He picked up the only thing he could find. He stuffed the unfortunate, flat, slipper-looking rat into the jar. It fit perfectly. Bobby filled his lungs with fresh air. Well, at least as fresh as air can be in the sewers. 
Looking at the glass with its fairy cross-eyed lid, Bobby discovered that some of its contents were missing. Some of it had fallen out when the lid came off. But that shouldn't matter. He had more than enough. He found a dry spot <clears throat> excuse me, on the edge along the tunnel wall where he sat down. What should he do? Should he go back to the old man and ask for help? He would never be able to open the heavy man cover, manhole cover alone. While he sat there thinking, a dozen or so rats gathered around him. They looked rather friendly, so it didn't bother Bobby very much. He actually thought they were kind of cute as they sat there, nibbling on something under the water. Bobby jumped to his feet. Oh no! They're eating the old sewage! Bobby shouted, even though he was all alone. If you didn't count the rats. Shoo! Away! he hissed waving his arms, but the rats just sat there, squeaking quietly, wondering what he was doing. Then they started squeaking louder. Their eyes began to grow a bright blue, and their skin bubbled like someone was popping popcorn inside them. Some of them almost doubled in size, while others shrank into slim, wrinkled, hairy sausages. And a sharp hissing sound came from inside them. The sound quickly grew so loud that Bobby had to cover his ears. Pop! One of the rats that had doubled in size popped out of the water and flew at least three feet as if he had just farted a firecracker. another three or four feet and kept going. Pop, pop, pop. Vish. One of the wrinkled sausage rats spun around in the water so fast it looked like a pancake stuck in a motorcycle wheel before it whooshed away on the water as if water skiing. Flop, monk. One of the other rats burst out of the water and crashed straight through the thick tunnel wall like a furry rocket, leaving a stripe of blue flames in the air. Bobby stared in astonishment at the large hole in the tunnel wall while the last three or four rats hissed, spun and popped round in all directions until they were all gone in the dark. Hum, if a rat can crash a hole in this thick wall, then maybe it could. Hmm, I wonder, Bobby said to himself, all I need is one more Curious fat rat. He sat down and waited. Not long after, a big fat rat came waddling across the shallow water. Psst, psst, psst. Come here, rat, Bobby whispered. When the rat was close enough, Bobby held out his hand. The rat stared at him with two curious black eyes didn't even bother to be scared. 
Instead, it climbed directly into Bobby's hand. Bobby put it gently on his shoulder and climbed the ladder all the way up to the manhole cover. There, he took out the roll of wig tape from his suit and taped the rat to the manhole cover with a few long, thick strips of tape. <clears throat> the rat squeaked and was obviously very insulted, but seemed to forget about it when Bobby ripped off two large curls from the luminous wig and stuffed them up his own nose. This was weird to a rat who, after all, thought the smell down here was wonderful. Bobby poured some of the vintage sewage from the green jar into his hand and held it up to the rat's mouth. The rat nibbled greedily at the ancient crumbs, but only for a few seconds. Then it stopped nibbling and its nose curled in like one of those paper party whistles and disappeared into its head. This was probably the scariest thing Bobby had ever seen and it didn't get any better. The rat honked like a boiling elephant and its eyes got a bright blue glow. Seconds later... Its stomach grew to the size of an eggplant. Oh, Bobby knew he should get away from the ticking rat bomb. But he was so fascinated by the whole process, he just stood there on the ladder, staring. Froosh! A green, sparkling explosion. <laughs> threw Bobby backwards in another somersault down the ladder. This time, though, he landed on his legs. He was a bit blinded by the bright explosion. But he could make out that the manhole cover was gone. He, oh, and the unfortunate rat, had done it. He got a warm, fuzzy feeling, thinking that he would soon be home in bed. He raised his hand up to reach for the rungs of the ladder when he noticed a burning heat and a wriggling light dancing on the tunnel walls above his shadow's head. <clears throat> that fuzzy, warm feeling he had was not the thought of his bed. It was the flames on his head. The wig had caught fire in the explosion. Bobby ripped the wig off his head and threw it on the ground. Hiss! Oh, the flames died out in the water. He decided to check that his hair wasn't burning. Then picked up the half-burnt and soaking wet wig to hurry up the ladder and see what had happened to the rat and the manhole cover. Outside it was dark and the streets were empty. Not a living creature anywhere to be seen, except for a lonesome rat sailing over the dark sky, far away like a burning discus, before its flames died out and it disappeared into the night. 
Bobby felt bad for the poor rat, but calmed himself down with the thought that it probably had a fun flight and would have a really cool story to tell his rat friends. Bobby pulled the wig curls out from his nose and enjoyed some deep breaths of fresh night air. Sleepy and tired, he walked home with a green jar filled with the amazing, maybe even more magic, sewage in his hand. Ooh! <laughs> well, that was chapter eight. And tomorrow we will go with chapter nine and see what happens next. I can't wait till he tries to get some revenge on the bog, can you? Sounds good to me. Right, I will see you all again tomorrow. So make sure you take care. Make sure you stay safe. And I'll see you all again tomorrow. Bye for now.